Welcome back to the 515 Sports Podcast. Max Olson, Brock Beerman, and Chase Winterbore alongside all our favorite listeners. We are back. This is, I guess, week one now, we can officially say. Week zero is in the past. We had our picks. We watched some football. We had fun. And now we're going to talk about week one. So uh, some of us didn't have as much fun at Chase, and some of us had more fun. <laughs> But we are excited to kick off week one here. Yeah, week zero was a blast for most of us. I mean, uh, Chase will get into it later how he may have not had the best week. Even though I think only one of my picks, no, two of my picks didn't hit. One of them I was okay with not hitting. And that is the Nebraska-Northwestern game where I picked Nebraska to win, but Northwestern ended up Getting the dub, of course, Max's team represented. I mean, I've been saying it, and I think everybody's been kind of clowning me, but here we are back again. I'm right. It's just how it goes, man. You better, y'all better get used to it. That's how it's it goes in- around here. So when USC's in a playoff and everybody laughing, I'm, I'm going to be the one saying, hey, who called it? So Okay, okay, okay. Push, push can we the please brakes stop? on that one. Can we please stop? I mean, like, it is an even year. I'll give you that for Northwestern. But I don't know about USC. But, uh, yeah, pretty much week zero – what like the only story that came out of week zero was Northwestern defeating Nebraska and Dublin Ireland and uh was a great game overall 31 to 28 was the final score in favor of the Wildcats so uh let's get some of your guys's reactions on that game yeah yeah to starting off I mean I probably had the worst weekend that you could so it's already fade chase season yeah, I'm really, really disappointed with Week Zero, boys. Uh, absolutely chalked up. Only one underdog won when that was Northwestern. So I was happy about that, um, even though I had Nebraska, just like you, Brock. But, yeah, I mean, I don't really don't have a whole lot of reactions besides that game. Uh, I would say I probably watched the worst college football game all year, being Nevada and New Mexico State. I actually think I saw the brain cells leaving my brain that game. It was atrocious. That's all I'm going to say. But... Yeah, the Hawaii-Vandy game as well. I mean, I don't think anyone was expecting that. I mean, we knew that Hawaii lost a lot. But, yeah, no, I don't really think we expected that Hawaii and Vandy game. I mean, that was I, a I did. blowout. Yeah, yeah, that was ugly, really ugly. But I'm um, sorry for everyone. The I'm sorry for telling everyone to join and watch that with me because I'm embarrassed now. But, anyways, I mean, that's probably my big reactions. I don't really don't think there was any other surprisers, but – Besides it being all chalk, but I don't know. What do you boys think? Like you talked about with the Hawaii-Vandy game, I think the SEC kind of showed its power there a little bit. I think me and you, Chase, were on Hawaii. I think we kind of were excited for the Timmy Chang era oh, yeah. to start out. Yeah, um, Timmy Chin. But ultimately, it was the Vandy just destroying them. And I think we saw that the SEC is truly just dominant in so many ways. And that's why Alabama is almost always a favorite. That's why whoever wins the West is always a favorite. Everyone's the East. Like whoever is in top of the SEC is going to be a favorite. And when they go and play these smaller teams, it's not just Alabama beating teams 59 to zero. It's everybody top to bottom beating up on these other teams. And it just shows the skill level. I think in the SEC from the worst team, probably in the SEC to go and beat up on Hawaii, who honestly, they're not going to be great, but I was higher on them than getting destroyed. Like, I would thought they'd at least keep it kind of close. Yeah, no, I was the same, Max. Yeah, I was the same. And, I mean, 
don't know. Another game I was just thinking of too um, that we didn't mention was how about Jim Mora's UConn Huskies? I mean, they were at 14-0 on the Aggies here to start off as well. But then, I mean, Aggies kind of took it to them in the second quarter. But, I mean, they hunted in there pretty much the entire game. I mean, they couldn't pull away. But I think that was another big headline I just thought of as well. So That's definitely a moral victory for UConn and their program. Uh, when you struggle as much as UConn has in the recent couple of seasons, uh, even a s- small percentage or like a small distance for losing – is a moral victory for a team like that. So, uh, yeah, you, you, UConn kind of shocked with that, especially uh, right before I had to go work for the Cubs. I saw I was walking in, and I saw that UConn was up at one point, and I was like, oh, my goodness, they have a chance here. Of course, didn't pull it off, but uh, shout out UConn for actually uh, showing up. Well, and, and we were all high on Utah State, too, like, they had a great year last year. We thought they were going to bounce back, and we kind of thought, okay, there'll be a solid team for sure in the Mountain West. And it just UConn hanging with kind of either showed that UConn is making step forward, or maybe at the end of the year we see Utah State is just not that good. We'll find out. Um, I'm interested to see for sure. I mean, kind of going off that, Max, I feel like when you ask what's your week zero reactions, I mean, I think my biggest reaction is not to overreact, if that makes sense. I mean – I feel like we see it all the time when, like, first couple of weeks or maybe just week week one or zero where teams just aren't really themselves yet, you know? Like, they kind of have to build in and see what uh, see who, like, they really are. So I feel like that's just um, a big storyline, I guess, for me is not to really overreact here. I mean, we saw some stuff that we expected and also saw some things that we were surprised. So that's probably the big thing for me, I would say. I'm ready to overreact with Nebraska. I, oh, I'm right. Yeah, I, I'm ready for Frost to be gone. That guy. I mean, personally, I'm fine with him being there because that means Nebraska keeps struggling. But I'm I'm tired of this idea that he's going to be able to bring a program, build it, and bring Nebraska back to the glory days, the '90s, and all that. I don't think Nebraska really anymore is that sexy program that everybody wants to go to anymore. It's it's Nebraska. Come on, the state of Nebraska doesn't have much. Everybody has a TV deal, so everybody's on TV anymore compared to when Nebraska was winning national championships. And they were one of the few teams that were on TV pretty much every weekend. Uh, I mean, there's teams in the Midwest that have better traditions in the last like 20 years than Nebraska does. that I would consider going to, if I was a top recruit over Nebraska. So especially with Scott Frost, because like, at this point, he's had multiple top 25, top 20 recruiting classes. You'd expect him to be a consistent top 25 team with this program that he's been trying to build, but he just can't do it. And the onside kick call was so questionable. I yeah. really have no idea why he was doing that. That's two years in a row that Nebraska's had some kind of week zero special teams issue. And like, I'm an Iowa State fan. I had no bad special teams when I see it. It happens all the time for certain programs. But, like, going for an onside kick when they're up 14 or something like that, I mean, like, that's just stupid. He he said, like, at this point of the game, I felt all the momentum was on our side. Well, then play defense. Like, you don't need to be on offense. If you feel like your team had all the momentum, you think you're the better team, you don't need to rely on – taking a risk on onside kick to seal the victory that he thought he had and didn't think Northwestern was capable of coming back in. 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm just tired of this whole Scott Frost stuff. And I mean, I feel like he should be fired. And I'm again, like people know I've always been the guy that feels like Bo Pelini should have never been fired. I mean, you just look at it. He's never, Bo Pelini has never won less than nine games. Scott Frost hasn't won six games yet. Conference play. Bo Pelini was 39 and 17 when he was at Nebraska. Nebraska with Scott Frost is 10 and 28. The dude is just not consistent. And I get that he played for them and all that. I just, sometimes it doesn't work. Like not everybody can get the former player alum, all this stuff to come coach for them, build a program and be consistent. So, I mean, I'm just tired of this Scott Frost saga at Nebraska, but if it means they keep losing, heck, give them a long lifetime contract. Wow. Thank you, Brock, for that. I was really um, excited that we brought, we brought Bo Pelini back into the podcast this week. I think it's like maybe his third straight appearance. So I'm hoping for maybe next week as well, but <laughs> it won't be the last. It won't be the last. Yeah, it definitely won't be the last. It won't I, be the I, last. I will say, I think Husker fans are starting to get on the train as well because uh, I, I saw some screenshots of, you know, the message boards and all that that oh every my, yes. university has. And I think I saw an Urban Meyer reference. Yeah, so yeah, that, yeah. That, Nebraska fans are at that point that they are willing to, like, fire Scott Frost for Urban Meyer, which Urban Meyer, great college coach. Professionally, was terrible. Everybody knows that era with the Jaguars or that <laughs> six months with the Jaguars. So, I mean, that's not a crazy idea. They're at that point that they're willing to talk other coaches' names on the messenger board already. And it's we are now just entering week one. No, yeah, seriously, though, bro. I did see some of those uh, messages on the message board, and my gosh, those are so funny to look at. And, yeah, I think I saw that as well. So, I don't know. I think uh, also kind of with some new coaches, or not new coaches, but coaches that kind of got hired to their former former school, I'm still high on Timmy Chain. I know Max can speak to this as well, but yes, they got blown out 63 at 10, but I don't know. I feel like give him a little bit, and I feel like he could still be fine. I don't know. Max, you got anything on that? Well, I think when you're going to a smaller school like Timmy Chang is at Hawaii, it, that one, that's tough to instantly be successful. It's tough to be the new coach at the small school and be instantly successful. You can, I'm high on a lot of the new coaches this year at the bigger schools because some guys might not be on your team that you had in the in the spring but they also might just go in the transfer portal but you can get them back right and if you can get people to buy into who you are then you can keep them it's hard for those smaller schools to keep people because if they leave they're going to go somewhere bigger and then they're then they're gone you have to recruit recruiting takes a couple years you can't just instantly recruit and that's why i think timmy chang's a great hire for hawaii i like him a lot there i think it's just going to take him some time like you said I'm, i'm excited to see what he does there for sure I just, like you said, Chase, it's going to take him some time. Yeah, and I mean, like, obviously that game was a blowout too, but, and I know, like, no one scored 10 points, but, like, it seemed like his offense and the schemes, I mean, I liked him watching it. They obviously couldn't execute, but, I mean, I didn't think it was, like, anything atrocious to watch. They just really couldn't convert, you know, but, I don't know, that was kind of my big takeaway from that game as well while we're on it, but. Well, and I think that's something you have to look at for sure, right? Like, if you're a AD or you're a fan, yeah, it wasn't a great game score-wise, but there's a lot of positives to take away from it. You don't have the players. You're not going to be able to compete with an SEC school. Clearly, we saw, we might have thought, 
but clearly we saw they can't they can't compete with the worst team probably in the SEC. They're not on that level. Yep. But they had good scheme and they had good plays. They had everything about it was pretty solid. It's just going to take them some time. It's going to take them the players, right? It's it's not a one year it's not a one year flip. That those barely ever happen. So I'm excited to see what Hawaii does, but it's not going to be this year. I I hope Hawaii like bounces back and like develops a good program because I mean everybody kind of loves Timmy Chang like you guys were talking about. So hopefully they are able to in the coming years develop and become a program. And uh, I mean, when you're a program that struggles like that goes through a new coaching coaching situation, can't expect to be like world beaters right away and defeat all these teams. Uh, I mean, of course, this is just like going back to like personal stuff with Iowa state being an Iowa state fan. Like the first year Matt Campbell was here, we weren't expecting to beat all these teams and all that, but we saw those little spurts of, okay, we got something here. We just don't know what that's going to look like in the future. And of course, as turned into success, that Iowa state is very fortunate to have. So hopefully Hawaii has a similar situation, but for now it's going to be a long road before they can get to where they want to be for sure. Well, and I think when you take teams that are not great and then you have to give them some time to rebuild, it just takes a while. I mean, there's, it's not a one and done thing. Like I said, it just takes forever. And I think kind of going back to the Nebraska Northwestern game, you look at Pat Fitzgerald, dude's been there 17 years. Like, He's been through the ringer. He knows what he's doing. It just, it takes a while. And he, even him, like some years his teams are not good. And some years they're win the big 10 West. And you're like, okay, well, they they can beat these teams. And then some years they're bad. Like that's just how football is. It's so up and down, but the top teams are usually the top teams and the bottom teams that you don't, you got no clue what's going on because they might take some dudes that you have no clue who they are and they might be studs. Or they might take take some dudes, and it's like, who? What are what are we doing here? You just don't know what you're going to get a lot of the times. Can I just say shout out to Northwestern for like never giving up on Pat Fitzgerald because like they know they they've had some rough years, but like I didn't realize like it hit 17 years or this is his 17 year 17 season with the program. It kind of like hit me, and I was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm surprised that he's been there that long because they have had some rough seasons so i mean a quick shout out to northwestern for never giving up on the man well and if we're talking about coaches that played at the school like scott frost right like he played at the school i mean pat Fitzgerald played at northwestern he played linebacker there but i mean so you have the same concept and i think honestly probably what nebraska was thinking was maybe they weren't thinking oh, he's going to be the next pat Fitzgerald, but they were probably thinking somewhere along the lines like something similar but that's not what that's so far that's not what you got i i think northwestern i mean I think Nebraska thought that they hit the gold mine with Scott Frost with the season that he had at UCF before coming in. That that was the whole talk of the last month or so of college football is, is Scott Frost going to go somewhere else? And then Nebraska ended up parting ways with their former head coach before that. And everybody's like, is he going to go back home and turn around this program and bring back Nebraska to where Nebraska – according to their fans, deserves to be. So, I mean, again, like Chase said, it's probably not time to overreact on some of these situations. I am a little bit overreacting on Nebraska's loss to Northwestern because, again, it's a Power 5 school. Northwestern, every other year, 
can be anybody really. They they've showed that they've proved that over the years. So as much as I would say that Scott Frost deserves to be fired right now, I'll, I, I will come back to it and pump the brakes and say that Nebraska could end up still having a very successful season. But I think now is the time that Nebraska needs to at least win six games, if not more than that, for them to even consider keeping Scott Frost. I, I agree with you, Brock. I think you can have bad – you can have down years. You just can't have a bunch in a row. Like, I mean, Northwestern, right, just because they played them, we're talking about them. But they, Pat Fitzgerald went 10-3. and three, And then the next two years, they went 5-7 and seven in a row, and they didn't fire him. And then the next year after he went – so he went 10-3, and 5-7, and 5-7, and seven, then he went 10-3 and three again, right? And then he's been hovering around seven wins except for last year. So if you can get somebody that's consistent, you're not going to get rid of him. Like, if you can keep someone that's going to keep your program competitive – you're probably going to keep him unless something out of the blue happens. And right now, if you're Nebraska, I don't know if Scott Frost is keeping your program competitive to that level that you want to be at. For sure. Any last comments about week zero before we move on? I'll say this before we get like, we've been dogging on Nebraska a lot. I think there is some credit to be deserved to Northwestern for sure. I think Holinsky played a great game at quarterback for them. Really decisive throws. He wasn't putting the ball into coverage and he wasn't really doing anything crazy. Hole is a force. I think Evan was running, Evan Hole was running the ball really well. And I think Northwestern just dominated the line of scrimmage. I don't, I think just ran the ball wherever they wanted. And on defense too, they were only rushing four most of the time. They weren't getting great pressure, but they were getting enough at times. And then they blitz when they have to. And I think the Northwestern really controlled the line of scrimmage of that game. And I think that's probably what won them the game if you look at it. I mean, Holinsky had 314 yards, two touchdowns. And then the run game, you know, Cam Porter and Hole both had over 90 yards rushing, uh, 214 as a team. So, I mean, this team definitely opened some eyes. Because I don't think this is going to be a fluke. I think they're going to be a pretty competitive team in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, and kind of going off of that too, I mean, I'm just kind of looking at the stats right now and seeing Casey Thompson through 42 times, it kind of seems insane to me. Like, I feel like Casey's obviously a pretty good quarterback and like they got that OC from, I think it was Pitt, I believe. So, like, we kind of figured that they probably would throw a lot because uh, you came from having Kenny Pickett, you know. But, I don't know, I didn't really see a whole lot from the run game from Nebraska. And kind of like what Max said, I mean, Northwestern's defensive line, I mean, I think they just pretty much stood their own ground. And I think that honestly was the big reason why Northwestern won the game. I just feel I feel like the line of scrimmage and those big guys up front don't, don't get as much love as what they should. And I feel like that was honestly the big play factor in this game. So... Oh, that's all I got to say. Well, I guess we'll settle with that. Northwestern, basically the big talk of week zero, 31 to 28 against Nebraska. Uh, definitely opening some eyes in the college football world and definitely warming up some seats over in Nebraska. Well, that's the end of week zero. And now we are prepared for the official week one of college football, where pretty much every team is playing this week. So it's going to be. Great to see some teams back on the television. Georgia coming off the national championship. Alabama, we'll see what kind of uh, chip on their shoulder they have after losing in the national championship game against Georgia. And then there are some teams who 
didn't even come close to the playoffs, but are making some noise and could potentially walk their way into a college football playoff berth or a very successful season involving conference championships. So first off, week one is always uh, the week where you have to watch out for upsets involving big power five teams and FCS opponents. So I would like to open it up for discussion. Are there any games that people should be watching out for this season involving power five schools and FCS opponents? I mean, Brock, uh, I feel like you should be the guy who's talking about it, buddy. You're the big FCS guy. And I know you got one on your mind. I do, but like, I don't think it's actually going to happen. I just, I really like South Dakota state as a team, but Iowa's defense is going to be the reason that Iowa ends up winning that game. Also be a great opportunity to see if Spencer Petras actually is going to be the guy this year, because I feel like, um, Ference is not going to be hesitant to pull the trigger on pulling him this year. So this week one, especially against a very good South Dakota State team, is going to be huge on deciding how Petrus is going to play this year and if he's going to play the entire season. So uh, that's the game I'm going to be watching, not because I think South Dakota State's going to be um, upsetting Iowa. It's just because I feel like South Dakota State is a top three team if not top two team in the FCS and Iowa, who's competing for a big 10 West championship and potential big 10 championship. It's going to decide a lot of things on both teams and their season coming up. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I'd probably agree as well, Brock with that. I guess if we want to talk about FCS beating an FBS or power five, I think my game to just at least watch out for would be UC Davis and Cal. I mean, I am very low on Cal this year. I had them finishing like the bottom of the Pac-12 pretty much. And I mean, UC Davis is a top 25 FCS school. Um, I'm not going to lie. I really don't know a whole lot about UC Davis, probably compared to what Brock might know. But I mean, I just, this is more of a Cal is really bad and I could see them losing rather than me knowing a lot about UC Davis. But that would probably be, probably be my game to watch out for if there's an SCFs upset. Max, you got anything? I don't. I'm kind of with you. I don't know too much on the FCS. That's more Barack's area. But I will say, speaking of FCS, James Madison is favored this week. So and you know, moving up, yeah, to the I, FBS. They're yeah. Favored, no, so. I was literally just talking about that with Brock before uh, we started. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought that was crazy too. An FCS team now FBS being favored. So. They're getting some respect as well, but yeah. That shows you how good the the FCS really is. I mean, their first year in the FBS and the first week they're playing in the FBS as an FBS team, they're favored by five and a half. I mean, it's against Middle Tennessee, but hey, they're still favored. If I had an upset game to watch, not just regarding FCS, but in general, um, I told you boys, but I'm going with South Florida beating BYU. I am I won't put money on this. Like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I feel like this is one where I just really look at the situation of this game, right? So, you got Gary Bohannon transferring from Baylor. So, he obviously knows his BYU team because he played them last year and they actually beat them. And I feel like BYU, I mean, they barely snuck by South Florida last year. So, South Florida obviously knows that they can compete with these guys and now they get them at home. And I don't. I feel like traveling all the way from Utah to Florida. 
I mean, that's quite the, I mean, I feel like that's quite the trip. So, and I mean, this is more of like BYU is just kind of like overlooking this game, in my opinion. I feel like, like we talked about, they have such a big and like important schedule coming up later on the season that I feel like this might be a game that they overlook because, I mean, they got Baylor next week. And I freaking know that they're going to be pumped for that game. And they're already thinking about it right now. And they're just thinking, oh, we're going to South Florida here, playing the Bulls. I mean, this should be an easy win, right? I mean, I don't know. I feel like South Florida definitely could catch them off guard. They almost did last year. So, and I mean, they got Gary Bohannon, who knows his team pretty well. So, I don't know. That's that's what I'm going to go with this week. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I feel like that's something to look out for. I mean, and I also feel like the line for that game says a lot, too, because I mean, BYU is only a 12-point favorite, and I've heard a lot of people this offseason hyping about BYU. So, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a weird line as well. So, I'm I'm going with South Florida. What do you boys got? I think if we're talking about upset or games that'll be closer than I think people think, I don't I don't mind Louisiana Tech against Missouri. I think they're plus 19 and a half right now. I could see them keeping it closer than that. I could see them keeping it closer, a lot closer than that. I. I mean, they might be going on a limb to say I could see them winning. I think that'd be a stretch, but I could see them keeping it closer than 20. And I, you know, I'm sleeping on the bottom of the SEC clearly, and we saw how that worked last week. So we'll see what happens this week, but I could see that game being closer than 20 points. But well, I guess we'll just have to see what happens. That game's on Thursday, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, Max, and- I like that a lot actually as well because, I mean, Louisiana Tech's come off probably the worst season they've had in a long time. So... I feel like some positive regression is definitely going to happen. And not saying like Missouri is going to be atrocious, but I, I like that pick a lot, bud. I mean, when you look at the schedule, this is just like a great slate of week one football. Cause I mean, you got some great top 25 matchups, which we'll get into a couple of those later when we get into our uh, games of the week, you have some great unranked matchups like Boise state, Oregon state. I think could be a really good game this week. I mean, Oregon state, Currently, while we're recording this, is only a three-point favorite. But I could see Boise State easily defeating the Beavers. So it will be a great game right there. And, I mean, Louisville-Syracuse will be another good game. So, I mean, there's just a great slate of just college football for week one. And it's going to be exciting to watch throughout the week. Yeah, Brock, you already know that we're going to be watching the Boise State-Oregon State game together. A little what, – what is that? Is that 8 9-30? 9-30 kick. Yes. You already know we'll be up for that. Um, there, the lines were a lot closer upsets that I guess I had. Like, I really think Army can beat Coastal. I know Max probably disagrees, but I think that's no game. And then I think, I mean, this one seems kind of weird to me, but Illinois is a three-point dog at Indiana. I think it's Friday night. I feel like, um, I think that's Friday. I might be wrong. I think it's Friday. Anyways, though, I feel like that's definitely a game that Illinois can win, but they're the dogs, so. I don't know. I had a lot of those as well, but... It is a Friday night game. Yes, thank you, Brock. That's what I thought. Sorry, okay, I want to talk about one more game. I feel like we've been dogging, or at least I have been dogging on Colorado a lot, along with Cal, but, I mean, I saw the line for this TCU-Colorado game. Was that, like, I think, like, eight and a half before the season, or at least, like, a month ago, and now it's, like, 13 and a half. So, I don't know. I've... I thought that line movement was kind of excessive here. I mean, I'm obviously really, really, really low on TCU this year compared to other people, but I don't know. I, I feel like that was something really strange as well, just kind of looking at the games Friday, but a big I got red, off topic there, sorry. 
A big red flag. No, I'm actually uh, glad that you brought this game up because a big red flag for me was uh, Sonny Dykes coming out today and saying that the Horn Frogs could play three quarterbacks in the first game. Yeah. So that's that's really concerning if I if I'm TCU because like yeah. obviously that means you don't have a favorite first option nor do you have a favorite second option. So that's that's interesting. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. What TCU does there, and who knows? I mean, Colorado could pick up the upset there if TCU doesn't really have an idea of what their offense is going to look like. Yeah, yeah, and then, I mean, like, obviously this really is not much of an upset, but I feel like I'm kind of bummed out. I won't be able to really watch this game, but uh, if you're at home this weekend and, like, we're giving you a game to watch, I feel like for me there's probably going to be, like, three games that like we're not going to talk about that i'll mention and like that first one's going to be the unc app state game at 11 so your little morning kickoff there i feel like i mean this game is just weird unc's playing at app state and app state definitely has a shot here when i was watching unc um last week i mean their offense i mean i really don't feel like they lost much at all i mean drake mays looks like a pretty solid quarterback and i mean i think florida a&m's a decent fcs team i mean they looked really good when they played so I don't really know what to expect in that game, but I would definitely give that a watch. And then my second game that I would definitely watch is Houston UTSA. I mean, I we both or we all have Houston at the top of the American pretty much. And then I feel like UTSA is going to be a great Conference USA team as well. So I would definitely tune into that game. And then, like you said, Brock, our night slate that we're watching, um, I will definitely be tuned in to that Boise State-Oregon State game. I feel like that's one you got to watch as well. But those are just kind of my three games that we're not talking about that I feel like you should watch if you're just a college football fan. Yeah, I think there's a lot of competitive games. I think there's a lot of interesting games where we talk about the line movement. We talk about just, you know, maybe you're looking at the line. Maybe those games interest you. Maybe you're just watching to watch competitive games. I think there's going to be pretty much anything and everything you want this week in terms of college football as week one is finally here. And like I talked about competitive games, just like any sports team, you want to be competitive, effective, and produce results. So if you're thinking of buying or selling your home, give Team Larson Real Estate a call at 515-291-8102. As always, we appreciate them. We appreciate you guys. We will be diving into our week one games of the week here next as we get underway with week one. So as we approach week one, it is now time to talk about the 515 Sports Pod top five games of the week. Of course, we'll be giving our insight or our opinions on these games, as well as giving our actual picks on who we think are going to win. So this week we have Pittsburgh, West Virginia, Oregon, Georgia, Cincinnati, Arkansas, Utah, Florida, Ohio State, Notre Dame. And we will start, of course, with Chase Winterbor to give his Weekly picks. Hopefully, he can uh, pick up more than one Ugh. win this week. Uh, last week he went one and four, if yes, I'm correct. Yeah. Uh, and then Max and I both went three and two. Where were you when Chase Winterbor went one and four in week zero? Where <laughs> were you? Oh, brother! Wow. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I was livid Saturday night. I don't think I've ever seen more of a chalk slate. I mean, only one underdog, but hey, you know, maybe uh, we might get a little bit better luck this week. So uh, now I feel bad because most of my picks here are going to be chalk. So I would probably fade myself again. No, nah, anyways, uh, we're going to, we'll bounce back. So my first one, we're at Pitt, West Virginia. We've been talking about this one for a couple weeks now. I mean, backyard brawl, you already know I'll be tuned in for this. Pains me to say it. I'm going Pitt, though. Reasoning, I feel like Pittsburgh is a lot more just better team. Emphasis on team. I mean, we talked about West Virginia getting JT Daniels. That's obviously huge for them. But I feel like West Virginia as a team, though, they're just not as good compared to Pitt. And I definitely feel like Pitt being at home can help them get a couple more points, I feel like, compared to if, if this was in Morgantown, I really don't know. But I feel like since this is actually being in Pitt, I I like Pitt a lot more here. Um, I will say, I feel like the line, I just checked it, or I checked today and I saw it was seven and a half. I don't know if I'd make it that, but I feel like the line says a lot here. So I'm going with Pitt because I feel like that makes sense at all. I don't know. I'm going Pitt. Uh, next game we got here was the, which game do we got, boys? Oregon, Georgia. Oregon, Georgia. Thank you, Brock. Um, oh, gosh, dude. I would love, love, love to see the Ducks win, but shut up, Max. Um, but I am going Georgia here. I think Georgia's just going to be too much for them. I could see Oregon maybe hanging around, but I just feel like Georgia overall is just way too much. I mean, it's pretty much a home game for them as well. It's being played in Atlanta. I feel like Georgia is just the better team. Sorry, Oregon. They're still going to go 11-1. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, next game we got is the shoot. Cincinnati, Arkansas. Cincinnati, thank you. I'm sorry, Brock. I'm already forgetting. Okay, this one is a little weird for me because I'm I'm, I'm with Max as well, and we are just all over Arkansas. But I don't know. I feel like this is a weird line as well. I mean, Arkansas only being favored by six points here at home. I I don't know. That seems really fishy to me i feel like it should be more but i don't know i mean cincinnati lost a lot i mean they're just gonna look like a completely new team i feel like the defense didn't lose as much as the offense but i don't know and i mean arkansas lost a lot too i mean i don't feel like we're gonna see kj jefferson throwing the ball as much this year but i still feel like arkansas i mean i feel like they're gonna dominate the line of scrimmage and you know like i was talking about with northwestern and um nebraska i feel like the line of scrimmage is huge and i I'm leaning Arkansas in this one just because I feel like they're going to dominate up front. So another chalk pick by me, I'm going Arkansas. And then now heading to our night slate. I, I've i been having nightmares about this game. I mean, it's I feel like this is a toss-up. I mean, Utah, when you look at the paper, Utah is a much better team than Florida, in my opinion. But I feel like you got to play the Swamp into – Come home, baby. I mean, you have to, Come man. Come I mean, home. This is, a, this is a tough game for Utah Week 1. I mean, people want to talk about this being a tough game for Billy Napier in his first game. I mean, I feel like it's a tough game for Utah as well. I mean, they're traveling down to Florida. Like I mentioned, BYU's going to Florida as well. So, I mean, this is a long trip for them. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, like Cam Rising obviously is a baller. But I feel like Anthony Richardson can also be an X factor as well. Um, I, I, I really was struggling to decide between this game, but... I was really upset last week, boys. There was absolutely no upset. So I'm going the Gators here. Max, you're going to like it. But, 
I mean, like no. I said, though, you look at the paper, Utah is easily the better team here, but I feel like there's going to be an upset in college football. Last weekend was a joke, so um, I'm, I think it's, I'm thinking it's going to be this game, so I'm going Florida. And then uh, last game here, I I don't really think that this is going to be close, honestly. Um, I think Ohio State rules them. However, I will say, uh, I don't know if you saw the interview today with Marcus Freeman, but Someone told him uh, the spread was like 17 and a half. So Coach Freeman started writing that down. So I feel like Notre Dame's definitely going to play to cover here. But I don't feel like Notre Dame wins. I mean, Ohio State is a lot better. And I love them at home in a night game. Uh, I feel like the game will definitely be electric. But I'm going with the Buckeyes here. So, Max, what do we got? Great Florida pick. Welcome to the bandwagon. About time you hopped on. It's all right. No, the Vols uh, are still better, but yep. Eh, well. All right, you keep on thinking that, buddy. Um, so the first game is West Virginia Pittsburgh. I'm on West Virginia. I think the All right. quarterback play and having the all returning offensive line is huge for them. I think they kind of get it done here. I I'm kind of worried about Pitt a little bit. I don't think I'm worried about them. I'm just I'm interested to see what they are this year. I think they're not getting a ton of hype. I'm just interested to see what they are this year. I don't know. I'm interested to see this game. And I think West Virginia is going to be just a little bit more physical. And like we saw in that Northwestern Nebraska game, you can dominate the line. You're going to have success. And I, and I think West Virginia might be able to do that. And I, I got West Virginia that game. And then we're on to Oregon, Georgia. I'm on Georgia. No question about it. I don't really feel like I need to explain it. I'm not that high on Oregon as Chase is, and I'm on Georgia for that reason. I don't think – I don't even think it's close, to be honest, but I'm not I'm not touching that game for the spread or any reason like that. Then we're on Cincinnati, Arkansas. I'm on Arkansas. I don't care if the line's six and a half. I'm taking that cheese. I'm taking Arkansas on the spread. I, I literally don't care. I think Arkansas is going to steamroll them. I guess we'll see what happens, but I'm taking that cheese all day. Then we are on what's the next one? Uh what we got? Uh, Utah, Utah Florida. Florida. We already know who you are on. Well, we are we already know who I'm on in Utah, Florida. I mean, like I told Chase, Gator Chump, come on home. How we doing? Keep it moving. I'm taking Florida money line. I'm taking Florida to win a game. So we're looking at betting. I'm taking Florida. I think they're gonna win, man. I like I like uh Richardson's season resumes for the Florida Gators. I think dude, playing in the swamp. A great place to play if you're you get a good home field advantage, but if you're the road team, dude, have fun there. So I am on Florida there, and I am on Ohio State. And like Chase said, for that reason of Marcus Freeman and the spread whole deal, <laughs> I am running as far away from that game as I can points wise. I am not even nope, just nope. I don't nope. Seventeen and a half is a lot of points for a two versus five. And that's just a lot of points, dude. That literally scares me. I'm not even, <laughs> nope, not even touching that. Look at that, and I am, eh, danger. So not touching that. So that is my picks for this week. Let's see. Let me rerun them. I'm going West Virginia. Then I'm on Georgia. Then I'm on Arkansas. Then I'm on Florida. Then I'm on Ohio State. So for me, with the Pitt-West Virginia game, I have Pitt winning the uh, ACC Coastal, and not that this game like determines that. 
I just think Pitt is the better team as a whole. Um, they, I mean, they return eight offensive starters, seven defensive starters, and then their defensive line is going to be huge. So I don't care if you're returning all of your offensive line. Uh, hey, man, Brock, talk that talk. Th- these guys are going to make some noise on the defensive side of the ball. What did you just see this week, my guy? You were watching Nebraska Northwestern, and you weren't like, hmm, offensive line and the D line, like the trenches. That's where football game is won here. You don't think that's gonna? You don't think that's gonna repeat no. here? Okay, so we're, no, 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 no. I like this. I like this. Northwestern ran the ball right, ran the ball down North Nebraska's throat. Right. They they Pitt returns three running backs with over five hundred yards last season. So Pitt may run it down West Virginia's throat. Yeah, no, I'm just going to say as well, I don't think West Virginia's offensive line is as good as you think either. I mean, they're returning all five, but I was, I mean, I think they're just an average offensive line. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Hey, I guess we'll see, man. That's what predictions are all about, baby. We will be seeing, bro. Hey, if history repeats itself, the first game you were right and both Chase and I were wrong from last week zero. with the first game. Okay. (laughs) But moving, moving on, Oregon, Georgia. I mean, I'm going to go with the dogs. I'm Georgia is just probably the better team. I think it will be a blowout, but there is a slight chance that Oregon could make it close, but I would lean towards more of a blowout. Cincinnati, Arkansas. I'm going Arkansas. I mean, woo pig. I I, I love this team. Uh, They're not going to probably be as successful as I would like them to be in the SEC. So if they can get the win against Cincinnati, that'll help because I mean, I love their program, and it would be great to see them get some W's. Utah, Florida. Uh, a wise man once said on this podcast, I'm a believer in myself. You bet. That is an all-time line. If you don't believe in yourself, who do you believe in? With that, I'm going Utah. <sighs> well, that backfired on me. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was hoping for that reaction. I mean, like. If you don't believe in yourself, who will believe in you, man? So I mean, hey, you guys both go Florida. I'm gonna go Utah. I can respect that. You know, you gotta if you're you gotta believe in yourself, man. If you if you want Utah to win that game, I hope they do. But I'm just telling you right now. Sorry about it. Sorry about it, probably It ain't happening. We're gonna pick them up, put them down. How you doing? Keep it moving. Florida run steamroll. Gator chomp. Gator chomp. Go Utes. And then the last game, Notre Dame, Ohio State. I mean, I have one of these teams as my national champions. So Notre Dame. <laughs> you crack me up, man. Ohio State and big. Ohio State's gonna win by Would, a lot. okay, here you go. Would you take the 17 and a half? I expect it to be a double digit lead heading into the fourth quarter. So I mean I would lean towards it, but like Ohio State's not a team that would run up on Notre Dame. So, but at the same time, Notre Dame ain't going to give up a fourteen point lead easily and just quit. So, uh, yeah, I I could see it actually being a single score game by the end of it. But like, I think for the majority of the time, by once all the game's over, we'll be saying the score doesn't show how good Ohio State actually was. Yeah, I could I could see that. I'm just that line, dude. Oh yeah, oh, dude. When I saw, I'm I'm not that fast, but I would run as fast as I can <laughs> in the opposite direction of that line. That yeah. is like legit terrifying. Even though we all agree that Notre Dame may have been ranked higher than they should have, they're they're still a top fifteen team. So you can't just like be like, oh, 
They're they're number five. They shouldn't be number five. Yep, Ohio State by thirty. No, no. I mean Notre Dame could keep it close, and I mean you know, blind squirrel always finds a nut once in a while. So great quote. Notre Dame, yes. Notre Dame might pull off the upset, but I'm still going Buckeyes for sure. I'll recap mine. I'm going Pitt over West Virginia, Georgia over the Ducks, Woo Pig Arkansas over Cincinnati. Utah over Florida and the Buckeyes over the Fighting Irish. I think Arkansas is like my favorite game of the week. I'm like ecstatic for that game. I'm so hyped for that game. Yeah, is that like your best bet, Max? Or if I had to have a best bet, bro, I'm taking Arkansas minus six and a half. I am taking that cheese. Like that cheese, I'm taking that and running. That is my best bet of the week by far. Yeah, and this was kind of unexpected, but I think my best bet as well, and it might change the other week, but I mean, I am I think I'll take the cheese with you. I think I'm going to go Houston, though, minus four against UTSA. I mean, I like I think UTSA is going to be good, but I don't think people realize how good Houston's going to be this year as well. I mean, their offense, I mean, this is going to be an explosive game. I mean, the over-under is 61 and a half. I don't mind the over actually at all in that. I feel like it's just going to be a high-scoring game, but... I mean, you're telling me Houston is not going to win by a touchdown? I mean, I'm all over that. I'm yeah. all over that Houston minus four as well. Those are my those that was my second pick. Those are my two picks of the week, and you know how that goes. So those are my <laughs> two picks of the week. We'll see what happens, but that is my two favorite plays of the week by far right now. Uh, I don't have a best bet, but I do want to give a shout out to a team in Des Moines, Drake Bulldogs, baby. Their season's getting started this weekend against North Dakota State. I want to give a quick shout out to. Uh, uh, listener who always listens to our podcast. He sends me comments every week about what we say. Carson Culp, the big video guy down in you, Des Moines. Uh, I mean, they're playing the Bison of North Dakota State, who I absolutely hate more than probably any other program in college football. So More than Ohio State? I mean, it's up there. It's up there. I, oh. I, I don't know if I could completely say that. But it, it's definitely up there. So I, I'm rooting for the dogs to pull off the upset against the bison. Um, it's it's going to take a lot for that to happen. But I'll be rooting for Carson Colt, video team, and the Drake Bulldogs this weekend against North Dakota State. And with that being said, that wraps up our episode. We are uh, done with our week, week zero is over. We are predicted week one. We will see what happens next week. We will give our reactions to week one and talk about week two. We are excited to see what happens this week. As you know, our five games of the week, we will be posting a graphic as always. I believe we're going to be keeping track of our scores so everybody can see that one and four for Mr. Chase Winterboer. <laughs> and we oh, will see funny, what happens. Funny. We will see what happens by the end of the year. Again, we appreciate everybody listening. 515 Sports Podcast, Max Olson, Brock Bierman, Chase Winterbauer. We will see you guys next week.